The Mac Observer's Mac Geek App, episode 524 for Sunday, October 19th, 2014. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where today, yes, it's cool stuff found. We're also going to talk a little bit about Yosemite because that came out this week, too. Our sponsor for this episode is Linda at Linda, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash M-G-G. Get, that gets you seven days of free access to all of their awesome training videos. We'll talk more about that in the show. Our sponsor for today is also Barebones Software at Barebones.com. The folks who have been for, I believe, almost three decades, maybe more, making software, fine software, uh, like BB Edit and Yojimbo. We'll talk more about that during the show, too, here, ready for Cool Stuff Found in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, John F. Brown. And here in Durham, New Hampshire with Dave is Pilot Pete. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to have you back yeah. here, Pete. It's been too long. It has since- been. Since our schedules yeah. have, have collided. But finally, a cool Sunday morning for Cool Stuff Found. It is so. a cool, yeah, yeah. Perfect. It is perfect. It is, yeah, I love this weather. Brisk and... That, oh, fall in New England. The drive, the drive back from your place, actually, well, I mean, I stopped in Groton and had lunch with my uncle on, uh, on Sunday, John, but the drive back uh, from your place and, and then from Groton was absolutely stellar coming up through uh, just everywhere you looked at these it looked are, like a picture i know this isn't what the show is about but these are some of the best leaves i've seen in new england in years and lasting a long time yes, yes. i mean yes. it's been going on for over a month yeah it's been fabulous it I, don't has. I, I don't remember a fall quite this good there's been a few duds the last this yeah. last decade yeah this is great yeah i agree yep yep it is a wonderful time to either be in or live in uh new england yeah yeah how are you, John, this fine Sunday morning? Fantastic. fan lantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, caffeinate yourself, because here we go. Um, actually, the, fir- <laughs> the he first... He sounds excited. <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't he? You can tell. You can hear that, that inflection. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is our first sponsor for the show, which is Linda, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash M-G-G. As I said in the intro, that gets you seven days of uh, free access to their awesome training videos. I, you know, we've talked about these things for a while. These videos are fantastic. Uh, really, really well done. I mean, I, I, I want to say professionally done, but of course they're professionally done. It's better than that. These folks really care about what they do and they make sure that these videos are going to teach you what you intend to learn. Uh, they're very clear up front about what the content is and they, they really make sure they tailor these things not only to have the content uh, that's in them, I mean, they get experts to do this stuff. You know, folks like Chris Breen, right? He does a ton of uh, videos for Linda. If you want to learn about OS 10 or iOS or anything, you're going to get folks like that. Um, one of my, one of my favorite um, t- topics that they have, and I think has been a favorite of yours too, is developer training. You want to learn how to write apps. You can start learning programming languages from Linda. You don't have to go, outside of your home and take a course, you get to take this course in your home. And here's where this becomes a real benefit. Uh, You get to take the course and then you're right there on your computer and you can interact. Uh, 
maybe pause the course, try out a couple of things, resume the course, keep going, learn a new, a new skill, and then immediately try it. This is where this virtual learning stuff really, really uh, pays off and is the right way to do this. So check it out. They've got, you know, I mean, you can learn uh, if you just, if you've never programmed before, they have a class called the foundations of programming fundamentals, right? And that is one that's just going to give you the, the, the general concepts. Then you can move on. You can, if you want to learn object oriented programming or, or just general object oriented design, they actually have one foundations of programming, object oriented design, right? So now you're getting some, some stuff going on there. Uh, you're getting some foundation for yourself. And then they've got, listen, they go all the way up. They've got swift essential training. So uh, if you want to learn about swift, they've already got a course in there for you. So, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is there. Uh, if you, if you want to learn web design, they've got jQuery courses and JavaScript courses. These are things that are really handy. And the nice part is, you know, you're not committing to, uh, months and months of school to learn this. You, you can, you can take one of these courses in a day. Uh, so some of them are, are, you know, even shorter than that. So you go in, you take this course and then boom, there you are. And it's 25 bucks a month for unlimited access. Of course, you get your seven days free with Linda, lynda.com slash MGG. That's on them and us. And then beyond that, uh, it's 25 bucks a month. And it's the same unfettered access, right? You just 24 seven, you could watch courses. Uh, you're probably going to want to sleep in there a little bit and absorb and maybe apply some of this learning. But, uh, but you do have access whenever you want. So check it all out. L Y N D a dot com slash M G G P you've used, uh, you've used Linda I, I before. Have. the fundamentals of programming was excellent to say the really? least. Yes. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I was typing in the chat room, but I, I, you didn't mention there's an iOS app too for Linda, right? The, oh, I didn't. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Which is great. Good access, even on your, even on the go as it were. Right. So, yeah. Right. Uh, no, their fundamentals of programming was an excellent course, and now I'm ready to move on. So yeah, yeah. no, it's that's that's great. That's they thank you for that. Okay, yeah. So Linda l y n d a dot com slash m g g. All right, John, uh, it is time to uh, to dig in. Uh, Yosemite was released on Thursday, right? While we were uh, while we were together there at watching the Apple event in the comfort of your living room. Yes. It- Yes, we got it. And, you know, I actually checked out, Dave. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this, but uh, the, have you seen the uh, Ars Technica uh, right up there? Right? Mr. Syracuse? John. Yeah. Yeah. He's a madman. He is. But he actually, later on in, in his uh, review, he actually does go into some of the uh, uh, nitty gritty about... Um, um, As one would Swift expect. and typing and stuff. What is that noise? What is what noise? I'm hearing some weird. Is that one of my web pages doing something? It's got to be one of your web pages. Yeah, we're not hearing anything on the show, so. Okay, let me. I got one of my tabs. Must be the ad or something. But no, it's a it's a good review because he actually does go into uh, some level of detail about Swift and predictive typing and and all sorts of nitty gritties about you know what Swift uh, you know the new uh, model for uh, OS ten and iOS is going to do for us. Yeah, very nice review. But yeah, cool. Yosemite. I'm 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 with it, man. So, um, you know, a couple of things we're going to obviously uh, we're going to be talking about Yosemite for a while uh, on the show here. Um, And and I don't mean a while today. I mean, for for many episodes to come and uh, and it'll just become a part of the conversation. You folks will have questions about Yosemite and uh, related features and we'll and we'll answer them. It's what we do. 
but to get things started, you know, um, there's a couple of things that, that we took note of that I think hopefully will, will help. The first one is Yosemite now inclu- includes a boot progress bar. And we've already had some questions about, uh-oh, what happened to my system? Why is it booting in this, you know, weird safe mode? Because in the past, when you saw a progress bar at boot, it meant something had gone wrong or you had intentionally popped your system into safe mode and it needed to do some maintenance. And that progress bar was there to let you know, yeah, it's taking longer, but it's, it's okay. I'm working right now. Yosemite has that progress bar all the time when it boots. And that is a normal thing. So it's just there to tell you I'm, I'm booting. That's it. Uh, so don't, don't fret. In fact, it, in, we will all become used to seeing it and it's a handy thing. So that's, um, that's step well, number one. Yes. John. No, no, there's a step before that, man. What's that? I gotta gotta ring you in here. Well, first, you, uh, <laughs> well, at least with with my install. So uh, first off, I have uh, I have a new shiny to install it on, Dave. That's right. Um, as some of you may know here, I finally, well, my uh, you know my MacBook Pro early 2008 was uh, literally falling apart. So uh, decided to get myself a, a new machine or a new refurb. So I basically uh, so right now I have a shiny new. Uh, MacBook Pro 2012, the last of the user serviceable machines. And oh, what a pleasure to work on. <laughs> I basically pulled my Momentus XT out of my old machine, you know, took off uh, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight screws on the bottom, lifted up, and the hard drive's right there. That's so, so nice. Popped, yeah. So popped in the drive. Um, also, the battery looks to be uh, replaceable as well. So, um, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm very happy with it, but you know it has all the uh, you know new features here. The battery life on this thing is is amazing compared to the other machine. I mean, I'm getting like six hours now. Um, but that's pretty good for a for a MacBook Pro. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think it's because it also has you know it's just in general you know more energy efficient than uh, right. you know than the prior machine. I mean, it's a slightly larger battery, but that doesn't explain you know why I'm getting you know like three times the the battery life. Right. So uh, right. But, you know, it supports all the uh, Yosemite features uh, as well, which the other machine would not, you know, Bluetooth, low energy and, and all of that stuff here. I got the fast ports now, USB 3 and Thunderbolt and all that. So I'm really happy. But one thing you may want to do, Dave, and there's an article here um, I found at Macworld uh, and there are other places you can get this as well. But uh, you may want to make yourself a bootable installer for Yosemite. <laughs> yes. And uh, and this article actually tells you so fortunately um, within the last couple of releases of uh, OS X, uh, embedded within the installer is something called Create Install Media, which is the Apple-approved way uh, where you can make yourself a bootable installer. And actually, that was a good thing for me, Dave, because uh, so like most, the, the for, you know, my first try, I basically downloaded, you know, installed uh, Yosemite and ran it, and it, it kind of wedged on me. And then it got stuck at some point. Um, you know, now you, now you can tell. Now, the other thing is when you're installing Yosemite, one thing you may want to do is if you go up to the, uh, I think it's the window menu or the view menu, you can then actually, you can actually make visible the log uh, of what the installer is doing. I think Mavericks has that too. Yeah, it had that as well. Yeah, okay. it, it normally doesn't show it to you, but it's, it's a good thing so you can monitor the progress of the install. And basically my first try, it just got stuck at one point. And, and I'm like, ah, oh boy, you know, so I didn't shut down. I basically quit the installer and then tried to reboot. And, yeah. 
and I got a kernel panic. It's like, wow. So um, text and everything. And I'm like, oh, man, this is bad. So uh, my system was in a unusable state. So what I did then was boot from the the, uh, you you know, I had it on a a, a USB stick. So I basically booted that installer and tried to install again. And that went fine. And everything was great. But uh, you may want to strongly consider making, uh, you know, having something other than the uh, application that you run on your machine in case things go bad. Yeah. And I think the article you're referring to is one that Dan Frakes, formerly of Macworld, put together. We'll put a link to that in the uh, in the show notes. I'll I'll put it in here. Yep. There it is. It's already there. um, Yep. Um, Yeah. Because I use the same thing. I I followed the same steps that you did. I I downloaded the. What you do is you, excuse me, you download from the app store um, and then the installer will run. But before you let it uh, do the install, because at that point it will delete the installer when it when it's finished with that path. Um, So before you do the install, you run this one command that uh, you you format up a USB drive and Dan walks you through all the steps. He does a great job. And then he gives you a command to paste into the terminal that will it usually takes about 20 or 30 minutes to create your your USB stick and copy all the data to it. And then you're and then you're good. You eject that. Let the install continue. And if you run into problems like John did, uh, at least you've got a backup. And you also have the installer now without having to download it for all of your other Macs. Right. You know, which is huge. Now, uh, I did hear about uh, several other people. I was I was kind of following along with some friends on Facebook yesterday as they were going through this process, too. And uh, one of them actually let his got to the same place that you did, John, but had not made a bootable disk. Uh, So he left it. He decided to exercise the the patient's uh, path. And overnight at this morning, I saw he posted and he said, guess what? I have Yosemite. So uh, something went on and held his machine in limbo for a while, but, uh, but it finally did come around. Uh, I, I can't imagine it. It was actually doing something all that time, but, uh, but maybe it was waiting for, I don't know, who knows? Maybe he had a piece of hardware plugged in. that was giving weird readings and finally Yosemite gave up on it and moved on. But, uh, but he did, he left it overnight in this morning, Yosemite good to go. So, um, but definitely having that, that, that bootable installer is, I think, I think key because if you happen to lose your internet access for, or, or access to your drive, as you pointed out, John, it's, it's all done. That's it. Any, any, uh, any, any further advice from you, Mr. Braun? I've got a couple of things here, but, uh, that I've no, noticed. Not, not in that respect. Just, you know, have a, again, have a bootable installer because, uh, yeah, it happened. It, it, yeah, I had someone who had the exact same problem as me. Is that you know they got you know a certain way through, aborted it, and then the the system was unusable. So, Caution. yeah, yeah, aborting the install will almost certainly leave you uh, wanting a bootable installer. In a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so when it comes back up, you're going to be asked. One of the first questions you're going to be asked is whether or not you want to use iCloud Drive. iCloud Drive is not a replacement for all of iCloud syncing. It is a replacement for what was formerly called documents and data syncing. That one section of, of iCloud. So your calendars, if you don't upgrade to iCloud drive, or even if you do your calendars, your contacts, all of that, your mail, all of that stuff syncs using exactly the same engines that it did prior, either in, you know, Mavericks or iOS seven. 
right? And iOS 8 also offers you this option to go to iCloud Drive. The thing is, documents and data lives on one set of servers with Apple. iCloud Drive lives on another, which means that if you have devices on one, they will not see the same data that is being synced on the other. They will, they will, they will see different sets of data. Uh, this is important. So if you're running iOS devices, you're probably already on iOS 8. But if you have an older device that can't run iOS 8, it cannot run iCloud Drive. Again, your calendars, your contacts, your mail, all that stuff is fine. But um, but in terms of application data and even things like uh, keyboard snippet sharing, some of these OS functions that that magically sync from device to device, your wireless networks and passwords, all of those things, those sync via what, again, what was formerly called documents and data and now is iCloud Drive. Um, Max not running Yosemite cannot run iCloud drive either. So this does create a bit of a pickle and it's, you know, us again, kind of shaking our heads at, at Apple for continuing to, in their eyes, improve the cloud experience. Uh, and oftentimes that improvement requiring, you know, for lack of a better term, a reboot, right? I mean, you don't have to reboot. You're not losing any data, but uh, by moving to iCloud Drive, it migrates everything for you because really what's happening is the data is on your Mac. It's already been synced to your Mac via documents and data syncing. Now you're just saying, okay, stop syncing with documents and data. Sync that same folder with this new iCloud Drive mm -hmm. engine. So it's just not backwards compatible, I guess is a good way to say it. Correct. Yeah. But the old one is not forwards compatible. Right, I right. mean, it's forwards compatible in terms of when you upgrade, the, it will take the data with you. But once you have, once you have turned on iCloud, if you have iCloud Drive off, on iOS, it's syncing with documents and data. If you've never turned it on, once you turn it on, it's a one way trip. Right. And if you turn it off, it simply stops the syncing. It's akin to turning off documents and data syncing, but it doesn't go back to documents and data syncing. It's just off now. Yeah. Does it still delete your data, even though it says it doesn't? Wasn't that a bug in the um, early going? I, you know, I, I was actually messing with that last night uh, because my keyboard shortcuts. And I have some, I use a lot in text expander, but I have some that are, uh, that I, that I just live in the OS, uh, some simple ones and those weren't syncing for me. So I turned off documents or I turned off, <laughs> I turned off iCloud drive once I had upgraded to it on my device and then turned it back on. It didn't come back, but this morning they were all back. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it, yeah. I think it does wipe out some data. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian points out, uh, in the chat room, they did the same thing when we went from mobile me to iCloud. Mm -hmm. You know, same, same kind oh, of thing. So, that, yeah. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I'll say hi to Brian Monroe and everyone that's joined us uh, at MacGeekUp.com slash stream today. But, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's right. It's the same thing. So this is the second time we've seen this. Yeah. Uh, but it, once I kind of, once I migrated to it, things uh, as of this morning, anyway, I only did my upgrade to iCloud drive yesterday. I've had Mavericks. Sorry. I've had Yosemite on my MacBook air for, uh, well, I installed it. Uh, the first developer preview in a hotel room at WWDC. Not not the smartest thing to do um, in terms go of wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I was comfortable doing it because I had my iPad with me. Sure. And I thought, you know, I can I mean, I can function on this for the rest of this trip. I don't need my computer. Um, and I knew it would work OK. And I also had a bootable Mavericks installer. You know, here's so here's a piece of advice. When you finish with that USB stick that you made that we told you to make five minutes ago. Uh, put it in your laptop bag and don't move it um, because 
that's a handy place to have it when you're traveling. It, it allows you the freedom to do things like I did. Um, I knew I could rebuild that machine. I might lose some data, but my data's backed up or synced or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so that's that. Have you, did you make the jump to iCloud drive yet, John, or, or no? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Because you're running a, a, a Mavericks machine still, correct? Yeah. Off the, well, that, that won't prevent it, but I okay. still, I heard some, you know, horror stories about it. So I'll right. it for now. Yeah. 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 So, um, the other thing I updated to yesterday, John, and I've had access to this uh, for a while and it's not a Yosemite thing, but it is, um, sort of, I guess, is I, I upgraded to, um, Oh shoot. What's it called? The photo thing that that's going to be in beta for everybody, or maybe already is in beta for everybody. It is iCloud photo library beta. So I updated to this and this allows you access to the entirety of your iPhoto library from your iOS devices. Um, And it was interesting. I turned it on on one of them. And then when I checked on my, I think I turned it on on my iPhone. And when I checked on my iPad several hours later, it was on there too. So it is an account wide setting, um, which is good. But what was very interesting was I turned it on and it doesn't necessarily download everything to your, your device. It just gives you access to it. If you have enough room in your iCloud account uh, for that to happen. And I, I do, I buy extra iCloud storage. I always have. And and so that, that part wasn't an issue, but um, you have, once you turn it on, you have two settings on your phone, you have optimize iPhone storage or download and keep originals. And I've chosen to optimize iPhone storage because uh, why not? Sure. Um, but I think what happened, um, it, it was interesting when I turned it on, I got a progress bar and the progress bar again, appeared on all of my devices. And this took hours for the progress bar to complete. In fact, it, it was, it was, I think I started this at like noon yesterday. It was still going at when I went to bed last night, it, it finished before I woke up this morning. So, um, and I think part of it was uploading all of my pictures from my Mac, right? Sure. Cause they got to get there somehow. Sure. And then the other part uh, was doing some sort of crunching uh, to create, smaller iPhone optimized versions of these photos to send down to me. If I, if I wanted. So so your thousand picture limit goes away. Correct. Oh, that's beautiful. Yep. Your limit is now defined by how much storage you have in iCloud. Perfect. Yeah. 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 And that, and that I think 20 gigabytes is that the next one? It's just not that much anymore. You know, no, it's not that much. They did the price down to, you know, instead of 50 bucks a year, a hundred, but it's like three 99 a month or something. It's even less than that. I think. Yeah. 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 So that was brilliant. More income stream for them. More people are upgrading guarantee at that price point. Right. Right. Yeah. And it works It so far so good. I mean, I, I now can see all my photos, which since iOS eight, you know, the whole photo camera roll, it's coming back tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Right. You know, so yeah. Where'd it go? Yeah, I know. I just took the picture. Where is it? <sighs> uh, Let's see. I know we got the cool stuff found to get to, but I want to point out a couple of things with Yosemite. Uh, first of all, uh, Crash Plan would have, if you had it installed on your machine, uh, Crash Plan 363 was the the version up until this week, would not run under Yosemite under any circumstances. Um, but on my machine, even my Yosemite machine under which Crash Plan wouldn't run uh, because it's been running Yosemite all summer, 
version 364 was auto updated, but if it didn't auto update for you, it's sitting out there on, on uh, you know, crashplan.com or code42.com. And so you can go get that. Um, one of our listeners, I, uh, I forget who it was. Um, it might've been Furby's. I can't remember. Anyway, um, pointed out that they saw, they looked in private var VM, which is where your virtual memory swap files live and saw that nothing had been created. I confirmed that on my machines too. No longer is the system creating a swap file by default at boot. It seems it will only create them when it needs them, which is super handy. So, uh, but again, one of those things not to freak out about if you happen to be a geek and you're digging in there. The other thing I noticed was that the sleep image file for me on my four gigabyte MacBook air uh, is only a one gigabyte file, which was also a handy thing. Yeah. So it's not, it's not chewing up all that space on your, uh, on your boot drive anymore by default anyway. I mean, if it needs it, it, it will use it, I'm sure. But, uh, but I guess, you know, we can, we can thank the, you know, the evolution of OS 10's memory compression uh, for some of that, I would think. And I got one last thing, John, do you have anything else about Yosemite to mention before we, before we move on? Uh, there's something I tweak. So some people may not be too happy with the new, uh, the new visuals. Yeah. So okay. one place you may want to go to, uh, make things, uh, well, system preferences, accessibility display. And there's two things, uh, reduce transparency. If you're not crazy about the transparency, which a lot of people aren't, or I'm not. And then there's also another setting there, increased contrast. You may want to, may want to play with those. Interesting. If you're not happy with the uh, with the new visuals, yeah, it's different. Um, I I actually kind of like it, uh, but but I can see where you know change is one of those things that some folks might not like. So it's all good. Um, anything else, John? Uh, not yet. It only yeah. Mine only found two things that didn't work. What was it? it was um. Uh, no, I think I, t- I tossed them. Parallels access, it identified that, and it identified one other thing. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and you'll see that too. You will get um, in your uh, top level, you get a, a folder called incompatible software, uh, which is things that uh, Apple knows will not work right. That's right. Uh, in fact, during pre-show, John, we were talking about this. You installed, I believe, on on Friday, uh, and you, and then I installed on Saturday. When I installed presumably with an updated list from Apple baked in there somewhere, uh, GPG tools, which is the uh, thing that allows you to, among other things, send um, email encrypted with PGP uh, and also decrypt email uh, in the, in the mail plug, you know, as a plug into mail is incompatible with, with Yosemite and they are coming with a new version. But for me, it was put into that, that incompatible software folder. And for you, it wasn't, which is, it, which shows that Apple's doing some iterative stuff there, which I like. That's great. Yeah. I found out because you uh, sent me an encrypted email. And when I tried to reply to it, there was the uh, little tab in the upper right hand corner. And when I clicked on it, um, mail crashed. And then I'm like, huh. But I, the email I sent you was encrypted on Yosemite using SMIME, not GPG. Right. Yeah, I, I understand oh, that. Oh, when you I were just messing reply, around. Got when it. I tried to reply to you, um, mine defaulted to the. Uh, uh, yeah, it had a grayed out GPG in the upper right hand corner. Nice. And when I tried to click on that and switch over to S Mime, that's when it uh, it blew up on me. Yeah. Right. So then I, I right. Uh, removed it. 
All right. And one last thing, which I'll give a hat tip to Ernie uh, on our Google Plus group, too. If you go into the Messages app uh, on Yosemite and then go into one of your conversations, there's a little details button in the upper right hand corner. Uh, You can see in here all of the pictures and audio comments and video uh, that has been part of that chat. And here you can also mute notifications for that chat. So, uh, so that's a handy little thing. You can do that on iOS as well. And now, uh, in Yosemite, it's there on your Mac. So uh, just wanted to, just wanted to throw that out there. All right. Uh, almost time for cool stuff found first though. I want to talk about our second sponsor for this show, which is Barebones at Barebones, uh, or ba- sorry, it's Barebones software at barebones.com. And, uh, the folks at Barebones, they are all fantastic people. Uh, they've always had fantastic people working there. And, uh, and they make some great software. BB Edit is one thing. Uh, in fact, I would say BB Edit and Yojimbo, uh, kind of their two flagship products there, are pieces of software that I don't use any Mac without installing these two on there, both of them. So BB Edit is it's a text editor. And of course, as a text editor written by programmers, it was written for programmers, right? So if you are doing any kind of programming, in fact, if you're doing some stuff with, uh, with those Linda courses, right? You know, BB edits a fantastic companion to have for any programming that you're doing. Uh, but it's more than that. It's a killer text editor and manipulator. So if you want to go and, uh, and sort text, I just leave BB edit open all the time. I actually have a ton of files open. The nice part is, um, and BB Edit has supported this even before OS 10 had it as a feature. But if I open a bunch of text files, even if I haven't saved them, if I quit BB Edit and I reopen, everything comes right back up. So it, it acts like, a, an, a, you know, we're all used to that now. They kind of had it before anybody else, which is a really nice thing. Um, but I leave it open all the time because I have all these files in there and I'm constantly storing little snippets of notes and, and things like that. Um, but and but I always have at least one sort of temp document going and uh, if I want to count the number of words in it, I just paste into to BB edit and boom it at the bottom. It shows me lines, words, characters all right there. Uh, if I want to sort some text, I just paste it into BB edit and I go to the menu and I choose sort lines and then boom, I can sort text. I can process duplicates out. They have an awesome, fantastic uh, document comparison engine in there. So you, you go in, you create two windows, you paste or open uh documents in both and then you say compare two frontmost documents and boom it brings up this three paned thing it's actually three separate windows each of your documents at at the top right and top left and then uh, along the bottom is a list of all the lines that are different between the two and of course uh, not to be outdone you go and click on one of those lines and it brings you to that spot in both documents highlighting uh, not only the line but the the characters that are different between the two. Uh, this is what BB edit does. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, it's, it's only 50 bucks, but you can download it from barebones.com for free to try it. Uh, Yo Jimbo, you know, I mentioned, I store some snippets of text in, in BB edit. Yo Jimbo is actually the place where that stuff belongs. Uh, it syncs with your, your Jimbo on your other Macs and you can just store text. You can store PDFs. You can store, audio files. Uh, it's actually where I, if any audio you hear on the show comes from, from your Jimbo, 
it's a it's a fantastic simple piece of software. It just leverages uh, OS 10 frameworks to make all of this stuff work. And you can get a free demo of that too at barebones.com. So check them check them out. Uh, they've they've got a uh, they've got a nice little nice little product offering there, and uh, and and they do a fantastic bang up job with everything that they do. So check them out barebones.com. All right, John, it's time. And, uh, and we'll start off, uh, with a, with a bit of a tip here in the cool stuff found thing as we, as we migrate our way in, um, handoff is one of these things that, uh, that is coming to OS 10, uh, with, I believe we need the, oh no, I guess it works on, it works on Yosemite now. Right. Uh, but, uh, but it also works between your two. Uh, between your, you know, between all your iOS devices. And the idea is you can start an email on one device and then on the other, you'll see a little icon uh, on your iOS devices. It's a little icon in the lower left-hand corner of the lock screen. And on your Macs, uh, it is a little icon in your dock that shows, Hey, this is active on a nearby device of yours. And would you like to finish it here? So you can start viewing a web page on, on say your, your Mac and then grab it on your iPhone or your iPad and go sit on the couch and, and read Conversely, you can start an email on uh, your iPhone and figure, Oh, wait a minute. I want to finish this on my Mac and boom, you hit the button and it slurps it in and, and you're still editing that same email. This is a very cool thing. However, um, as Leon noted, I found something interesting with making and receiving calls on my Mac via my iPhone. Uh, I keep getting alerts, on the iPhone, uh, but couldn't answer the call and could not, and couldn't start new calls on my Mac. Uh, he says, I kept getting a message that the phone needs to be on the same iCloud account. He dug around and he says, this is where an interesting discovery came in through all of the transitions from dot Mac to dot me to dot iCloud. And what he means is Mac.com to me.com to iCloud.com. Uh, Apple said the email addresses were interchangeable and they are, in terms of where you can receive email until now. Yeah. He says, I could log in with my Apple ID with any of the three domain suffixes. That's true. And he still can, but in order for handoff and continuity to work, you have to be logged in with the same exact email address. So, you know, uh, in my case, Dave Hamilton at Mac.com and Dave Hamilton at me.com are not entirely equally treated. Um, you, so you need to use, uh, one of those. And, and if you're going to email me, don't use that address cause it's not going to get to me. Uh, but anyway, you, you folks know how to find me. So, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, but that's, that's how, um, that's how this needs to work. So if you, if you aren't consistent with that, go ahead and get consistent before you wind up with a headache. And thank you, Leon, for, uh, for, for sharing that with us because that's super, super handy. John, cool stuff found. Let's go. Handoff, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can do that. It, it, it was neat. Yeah. No, I found it neat here. Um, yeah, if you're wondering where to do that in Yosemite, of course, you go into Preferences General and you will see a little checkbox. Allow handoff between this Mac and your iCloud devices. Which is neat because my old MacBook Pro would not do that because it didn't have the uh, low energy Bluetooth. It right. just had the high energy right. <laughs> Bluetooth. Um, yeah, the other neat thing was, you know, when I turned that on, then it was like, um, dude, uh, turn on Bluetooth uh, if you want this to work. Right. Yeah. No, it was really neat to see something that was running on my, my Mac appear then on my iPhone for handoff. I like it. Good. 
Cool stuff found. So you're asking me for something. Yes. Well, we just saw this at a, at a show, and I think it's available now. All right, so I'll start off here. Echo B. What's Echo B? It's another thermostat. <laughs> but I think this one is unique. Um, and they actually take a swipe at some of the other people because their tagline here is for homes with more than one room. <laughs> um, but the unique thing about it, uh, so it's two forty nine, um, and it also and it comes with a thermostat and then a remote sensor, and that's what makes this thing unique is that you can place uh, a sensor that will detect both uh, the temperature and motion in other rooms, so it makes it uh, a little bit smarter than the average thermostat. Um, and I think it's a real nice touch. So two forty nine uh, comes with a thermostat and one sensor. Then they also have a package. Uh, for 313, it comes with uh, three sensors. And then if you want to buy even more sensors, uh, uh, two of a pack, a two pack is uh, 79 bucks. So I thought that was neat. So the pricing is uh, uh, close to some of the other premium thermostats. But but I, I kind of like that uh, uh, feature. I think that that makes it unique and uh, probably a bit more useful, a bit smarter. Yeah, cool. I've got uh, I think I'm going to uh, mess around with one of those here. Uh, we kind of I talked to those guys at, at the same Pepcom event, and uh, so we'll we'll talk more about that as we as we learn more and, and have more experience. Good stuff. Hey, um, about two well, year and almost two years ago uh, at MacWorld Expo 2013, uh, we talked about a company called GigSky, and what GigSky makes. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it into today's terms, and then we'll explain it because it it was cool stuff found then. And nobody really grokked the concept, but now I think they will. With the new iPads that were released this week, um, there was a subtle announcement about something called Apple Sim. And what Apple Sim does is it will allow you to buy data with the same Sim, one Sim in your device. You can buy data on AT&T Sprint or T-Mobile here in the U.S. And people got uh, pretty excited about that, as as one should, because now you don't have to swap SIMs. You don't have to get a SIM from one of those carriers. You just get to buy data when you need it. Uh, GigSky does this. They've been doing it for two years. They have uh, SIMs available. You buy a SIM from GigSky for 20 bucks, uh, and then you can buy data anywhere pretty much in the world. They support 117 countries. Remember, Apple SIM supports one country. Uh Gig Sky supports 117 and, and counting, right? So, and, and most, in most countries, you actually get 10 megs, not very much, but 10 megs of data for free, which gives you enough to uh, log into your Gig Sky account and buy more. Or if all you need to do is like, you know, check email headers real quick, you're good to go. So you get off the plane and in, in whatever in London, uh, it's late. You don't want to have to stop and buy a data SIM in the airport somewhere. You just go to your hotel and boom, uh, you're good to go. Even in the cab on the way to your hotel, you've got data even um, even if you didn't stop anywhere. So so that's Gig Sky. We'll put a link to them in the show notes. But uh, it's as I like to say, Apple SIM for everyone else. You got another one, John, or, or shall I take this? Ah, let me look at my list here. What else do we have? <clears throat> oh, this I thought was kind of neat. Go. So this I saw at the Geek event. Um, in the home control uh, and monitoring space, this seemed kind of interesting. Staples Connect. 
You may be asking yourself, why do I want to connect with Staples? Well, you're not connecting with Staples, really, but it's a, it's a device that they had developed, uh, I think, uh, in conjunction with uh, D-Link, actually made it. But this is um, a device that will talk to your other home devices. Because um, right now, the, the landscape for this is kind of a mess, and that you have all these different protocols. And so they basically try to bring it all together here. So it speaks um, Zigbee. Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, Z-Wave, and Lutron. Oh, nice! So it speaks those five languages, and uh, yeah, and it's a, a it's seventy nine bucks. I what? think it's good. What's the name of it again, John? Just so I can get it for the show notes. Uh, Staples Connect. Connect. Uh, oh, that's paste, I pasted it in the. the oh, ruler. great! Sweet. Thanks. Yeah, so that looked kind of kind of compelling. It was funny though because you know I actually saw one there. It was you know they were demonstrating it, and uh, you know I picked it up and I'm like, is this like a, a mock up or something? It. it <laughs> No, it's funny because, I mean, all it really is is, you know, I guess a circuit board and a radio, but, sure. it, but it felt it, it was very light. I'm like, you may actually want to put like a weight or something in this thing because it, it, it <laughs> I don't know. It, it just didn't, didn't feel substantial. But uh, but yeah, it's a, you know, another another entry. Uh, the, the, try to bring the, all this stuff together here as far as monitoring your home and controlling your home. Uh, uh, looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um. So I got this thing, John, and I actually thought it was kind of silly, but uh, but figured I'd check it out and am glad that I did. It's called the Charger Leash. Um, perfect for travel. I wouldn't use this at home necessarily, uh, although I can see a use case where, where it might work. But ChargerLeash.com, uh, it is it's a it's a cable and you can get it with a you know lightning connector on it which is which is what i have it's a, a four foot cable so a little bit longer than than your kind of standard three foot from apple you plug it into your usb charger brick right you're in a hotel room uh you charge yourself or or you're at a um an event where you just happen to you know i know a lot of us bring our 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 you know our chargers with us and we plug in whenever we see an outlet and then, you know, you're in line maybe for, you know, something and then, okay, well, time to go. And you get up, you unplug your phone, you walk away and you've left your charger and your cable behind never to be seen again. This is where the charger leash comes in handy as soon, well, not quite as soon, but within a few seconds of you pulling your phone off of the charger, it beeps. And in order to mute the thing, you have to go and push, uh, on, push down on the speaker, which is essentially the mute button. And that's right next to where it plugs into the wall. So your hand is right there to mute the stupid thing. And chances are you're not going to forget to take it with you. Come back later for it. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're making that choice, that's a conscious effort. Right. But um, but, you know, I can totally see where this is handy. I've left chargers in hotel rooms. But, uh, you know, I see my daughter, she leaves chargers. She's left them everywhere because she does exactly what I said. You know, she's hanging out somewhere. She plugs it in and then it's like, oh, it's time to go. Or worse, she's unplugged because she wants to, you know, type better to reply to a text message, gets into involved in the next thing and then off she goes. So um, so I can see this helping even at home if you kind of bounce your charger around the house. So, uh, yeah, charger leash at chargerleash.com. Fun stuff. And uh, and that's that's what we do here. Along yeah, those, go ahead, John. I remember that. Yeah, uh, I actually mentioned it in Mac Ecab Five Ten. I know, but you didn't have one, right? You hadn't, you hadn't oh, tested one. Oh, I thought oh, you, they, I, I thought oh, you had just mentioned it. Oh, okay. My, my well, apologies. I think they and I believe they added a new feature since the, they looked. at The it. mute button is the new feature. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, okay. I remember. I, th I didn't think you had one, John. My apologies. 
my apologies. And I did. I thought it was silly when you told me about it the first time. But um, so, well, hey, if, if you don't want people running off with your uh, yeah your device, it's 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 pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry about the repeat. Now I will jump to one that is not a repeat. Um, if you want to charge while you are moving, though, battery packs are the way to go. And uh, I've I've tested lots of these and I'm sure we'll test lots more. But uh, when I'm when I look at a battery pack, what I'm looking for is three things in in this order. A, that it works and has the capacity that it claims to have. B, that the price is not exorbitant. Uh, and C, that it looks good because, hey, you know, form factor kind of matters, especially when you've got the other two as givens. So um, I've got this thing from Lumsing, L-U-M-S-I-N-G, but it's available at Amazon. You can buy it anywhere. Um, 10,400 milliamp hours, right? So this is a hefty thing. Uh, It's got two ports on it, one that will do uh, one amp, for kind of your, your general devices and then a 2.1 amp port for your iPads. And I believe the iPhone six plus actually will charge on a a faster on a 2.1 amp port. So, uh, 20 bucks at Amazon, 10,000 milliamp, 10,400 milliamp hours. And based on my tests, it definitely has 10,400. I've actually been using it for uh, a month or two, maybe maybe even longer. I I think I've I've been using it over the summer and, uh, and it's definitely got, you know, all of that, um, all that juice and it, it has kept, kept, uh, kept it going. So there you go. That's, uh, that, that's, that's one for you. So there you go. Another one, John, this is, this is not something that, um, that most people are going to be interested in. It may hit the 20% mark. It probably won't, but, uh, but I'm going to mention it anyway, because it's very cool. It'll put me out of a job, uh, but that's okay. It's called the beat buddy. And, Anyone that is a guitar player that does any or or really with any instrument, but it's a guitar pedal shaped thing uh, at mybeatbuddy.com. It is a drum machine inside this thing. However, it's not just something that does stupid loops. Um, First of all, you can just use it. It's very simple, but it can get very complex and it's all samples of real drummers, but you can change the tempo the time signature and still maintain these samples. It, it's, it's actually kind of crazy how this thing works. Uh, it, it, it's, it's one of these things that you've kind of got to experience it to, to check it out. But, uh, but it, it's, it's, it blew me away uh, how, how well this thing works and, and how it, just how real it, it sounds. So if you're, you know, if you're mocking up songs and, uh, and and you know if you if you're if you're writing songs and and you have a guitar, this this is fantastic because you can lay down a groove with it really quickly, and you can kind of start with a you know a standard groove and then adjust the tempo, and things don't get weird when you adjust the tempo. That's the beauty of of the way they've put this thing together. Um, and you can you can create uh, stuff on your computer too, and and load it in. Uh, it's got all kinds of stuff. Everything is. Um, it, it it feels like, it, honest. I hate to say this, but it it feels more like a real drummer than most drum machines because it's not overly quantizing everything. It's actually real drummers, you know, playing these grooves, or at least it sounds like real drummers. But somehow they've made it so that you can change the tempos uh, at the same time. So, so, uh, and it shows you where the groove is, so that it, it it's weird how they do it. Like I said, it's not quantized, but but visually it is, and you can see where the groove is. 
and lock in with it if you're, you know, if, if you're, if you're having trouble. So it'll help you with your time at the same time. So, uh, so check it out. Mybeatbuddy.com. And they definitely have a few left uh, to buy. So, so there you go, John. Yes. Yes. I just you did a couple. More? Yeah. We, we're going we're gonna to go until we have to stop. Oh my goodness! Well, here's one that caught my attention. I think this is their their first uh, product, but they're they're going to have more. They were demoing a bunch of things here, but the first thing, and I think they're they're going to hook us up here, Dave. But velvet wire mm. uh, was showing what a what looks to be a, a unique charger <clears throat> called the uh, Power Slayer Blue. I guess because it's uh, it's using Bluetooth, but but it also um, so one as a charger. It's smart. And, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, you, you would think somebody would have come up with this before, but uh, I guess the main thing about it, well, one, you can monitor what it's doing. And I, I believe it's uh, compatible with Apple's uh, home kit, right? That's right. That's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they call yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, so it figures into that ecosystem, but here's kind of the unique thing about it, which again, you know, why, why hasn't anybody figured this out before? Um, one of the bad things that you, you and I, always talk about dave is uh you know rechargeable devices uh you don't want to leave them plugged in um you know with, with power once they're done charging that that's bad you know it, uh, it burns it out well this is a charger that once it's done it turns off duh <laughs> so it's a efficient charger that does it right and you you can also uh you know monitor its progress um, and they were showing some other things in, in the home automation space, but I believe this is their first entry into, uh, into the space. And, and they're also tying into, uh, you know, Apple's ecosystem, uh, as far as letting you, uh, uh, monitor it and, and see what it's doing. So, yeah. So I, I asked them about that and, and you're right. They, they said they're going to send us some to, to mess with. Um, in fact, I, I haven't gone through all the boxes that came while I were was down in Princeton and then at your place and going to this New York event this week. But uh, it may it may be in there. Maybe not. But uh, the one thing that that makes me scratch my head about this. So it's a it's a power brick, essentially, that you plug into the wall. Um, it senses when your device goes from full charge to trickle charge and then it cuts off power. And And what they say is it'll it'll give it just enough power over time you know, every now and again, so that you don't wake up in the morning with a, a you know, a phone that's, that's at 90% instead of a hundred percent. Cause it's been, you know, uh, cause it's been off charge for several hours. But my question was, how do you do that without the phone buzzing on my nightstand? Cause if I unplug my phone from power and then plug it back in, it either makes a noise if it's not muted or it vibrates if it is muted when, when power comes back to it. And of course I don't want that happening at random intervals throughout the night. So I'm, I'm very curious to check this thing out for that reason alone. Cause it's a good idea if they can solve that. And they say they have, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how, but they say they have. So there you go. That's what I got. Curious to check it out. Pete. I do have one. All right. It's pretty cool. Everybody knows on the, the new version of iOS that in the camera, they've automatically included uh, time-lapse photography. But uh, if you want to enhance that, there's a there's one called Lapsit or Lapsit Pro. I'm using Lapsit Pro. It's $1.99 in the App Store. 
But uh, it'll one of the first things that you'll notice it has in it, it has the ability to go and see other people's time-lapse videos, which may give you some creative ideas to go forward with. But it also has a built-in tutorial to uh, get you up and running in a, in a fast manner. Um, and you can set it to record either with a time limit or a set number of frames or, in fact, just user input. But here's some of the really cool things that come with Pro, uh, Lapsit Pro version. You can set it up so that uh, at the end, you, you can either render it in .mov or MP4. You can use it with HD photos. I think it's standard is 480 until you buy the Pro, and then you go either 720 or 1080. Um, and then you can set the interval, whether you want to capture a frame every two seconds, three seconds, four and a half seconds, whatever. So you can set how smooth or or what interval you want to catch based on the limited number of movement. For instance, if you're trying to set it up to watch a flower grow or something, you might want to set it at, you know, maybe every 30 seconds instead of every two or three seconds. It's going to make a smaller video video for you in the long run. Um, but here, here's where it gets really cool. Like, you can grab music. You can edit your finished video in Lapsit Pro. So you can go grab music from your iTunes library put it to the video and then go, Oh, well, wait a minute. The song's two and a half minutes long or two fifty three, And my video's only, you know, two, two minutes and 10 seconds. You go, Hey, match it up to the music and it stretches it out to match on the playback. You shared so, a video with me yeah, I did. and I wondered yeah. how you got exactly the right time for the song. Yeah. It, it was perfect. Yep. Song ends and the video is over. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't, clip the song no no right ah that's and, how you and did so that. yeah and that's how i did it so it came out really cool and the video dave's talking about uh, is a uh, complete flight from block out to block in uh uh milwaukee to columbus ohio so clouds all that kind of we'll, we'll cool put, it's, a, it's an awesome video yeah we'll put a link so, to that in yeah. the show for sure yeah. yeah i wasn't sure if i was allowed to share it which is why i didn't say anything well, about I appreciate it so. you asking and then you know i'm like yeah okay you know it was it was a while ago and uh you know, prove it to me. Go ahead, prove it. Right. Well, was somebody else? Somebody else filmed it. You just used Lapsit to turn it into uh, to to an audio thing. And, yeah, and let's go it. with that. Sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. Um. So those of you in the chat room uh, are using something called IRC. Uh, you may not know it because we have a nice web interface for it, but uh, but that's what it's called. And IRC has actually been around for a long, long time. Well, uh, there are all kinds of commands that IRC users have gotten used to. You start with a slash and then you type things and, and they do different things. Well, uh, listener Ellis writes, he says, I recently came across something very interesting in the messages app on the Mac. And this works in, uh, in Mavericks as well as Yosemite um, and maybe even earlier. Uh, although I guess the messages app didn't exist in that form earlier. Anyway, he says, what I found is that it's possible to use some IRC commands. He says, well, at least one, uh, you can see this for yourself on your Mac, go to messages and in the message box, type in slash M E. So slash me space is listening to M G G. And this will display the message that says in this case, Ellis is listening to M G G. Go ahead and try it in a in a messages chat to somebody else. It I've tested it and it only works in messages on the Mac. So if you did this in an iMessage, um, the person receiving it would see this kind of separate uh, uh, display option in the, on their Mac client. So that would work. But on iOS, it would come to them 
as slash me is listening to uh, MGG. They, they, they wouldn't see it. Wouldn't, it wouldn't insert your name and it wouldn't do it uh, differently. So it's a Mac thing, but, uh, but very cool. Fine, man. How I don't, man, I don't know how you, uh, I guess you just tried it. And that's, that's what we love about cool stuff found. So thanks for sharing that Ellis. That's awesome. Do you want another cool one that, uh, that Alan found? John, this is amazing. Alan. Oh yeah. Okay. This is cool. This is really cool. So, um, he says, I got a, I just got a new puppy. Uh, the first night we had to leave him at home. I was looking how to communicate with him while we were at dinner and, uh, found a way FaceTime has a way on the Mac of auto accepting calls from certain callers. So uh, you, you put this string in and we'll, we'll, it was, it was a Mac OS 10 hints article that he found that explains how to do this. And so we will, um, we will put it in there, but, uh, but he put this, you type in this string. Oh, come on flash. We don't need to update right now. I know it's <laughs> secure. Thank you. Uh, so you, um, you put this, this string in and, and he added his card, right? So, you know, the, you have that, my card option in, uh, in, in contacts where you say, this is who, this is me. And so he said, you know, it's a default rights. You don't need to remember this, but it's default rights. Com.apple.facetime auto accept invites from, and then he says array add my card. So now when he calls, uh, it automatically answers at his house, even if he's not there and, uh, and he can see, you know, what his dog is up to or his kids or whatever he wants. So you want to create your own on demand spy cam for your Mac. And it's remember though, it's two directions, right? Cause it's a FaceTime call so they can see you and they can hear you. So, you know, I don't know how spy that gets, but, uh, but it certainly can be either useful or creepy or both. Uh, check it out. We'll put that, that, uh, that OS 10 hints article in the show notes so that you can learn how to do this too. So that's fun stuff, man. Good. I'm, I'm stoked. It's, I like it. <laughs> John, you got any more or is it, uh, am oh, I still yeah. digging here? I got okay, good. Yeah. Well, th- this actually, uh, uh, falls into that category, Dave, oh. you know, uh, for, for people that want to, you know, communicate with their pet, uh, you know, while they temporarily abandon them. <laughs> Um, that's what the pet says is happening too is they have yeah. i've been abandoned you went to the whole you went to the mailbox without me i've been abandoned that's I, right i better chew his shoes <laughs> i better chew his shoes that's right <laughs> um get piper.com so the system is called piper uh and it does a few different things so one it is um a camera and, you know, you get a corresponding app. I, I think you can also use your browser. Um, but it lets you see and hear and communicate with whoever happens to be in front of the camera, which could be your pet. So you can tell them to get off the couch when you're, uh, you know, <laughs> which they shouldn't be on when you're not home. But they do it anyways. Now you can tell your dog not to go on the couch. I mean, they even show that in the video here. But that's not all it does because there are, there are a number of systems that do this. But but then it also um, has a home control aspect. Okay. And that you can also, so it, um, let's see. So uh, there are a few different pieces here. So yeah, the system itself, I believe is 200 bucks. And then there are also, um, you can also get a door window uh, sensor. So you can you know find out if people are breaking into your place, I guess. Um, and it can also communicate using the Z-Wave thing that I mentioned in the past. Uh, you can also use it to communicate with a smart switch. Um, mm. uh, so you can turn whatever uh, on and off. 
So for example, you could, you know, have fun with the dog or the cat or whatever and, uh, you know, communicate with it and then, you know, flick the lights on and off and, and <laughs> you're good to go. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Right. Yeah. But that, no. but that can be fun. Maybe that's your way of saying hi. Yeah. So it's a, so it's a nice system, uh, in that it not only lets you see and hear, but then, uh, get some level of home control as well when, when you're away. So, uh, I think that whole space is, is, is pretty interesting. It It is. I, I have, um. I have another one I want to talk about. This is not something that I can test, um, but uh, but I want to I want to mention it anyway. Listener Ed wrote in and told us about something called I, I believe it's Ratio R A C H I O, and the the URL is R A C H dot I O. What this is is it is a smart sprinkler system controller. Um, it's two fifty two forty nine, and you install this thing. You connect it to your smartphone app, um, but it also starts doing uh, things like uh, it'll auto schedule your your sprinklers. Um, it has some weather intelligence in it, too. So it's not going to be stupid about putting on your sprinklers while it's raining. Uh, right. Which is something that I see all the time happen around here. You know, uh, there's there's lots of folks around here that use sprinklers uh, during the summer. Pete, do you have sprinklers? I do not. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Uh, I'm looking for somebody to test one of these things because maybe my dad, he's got sprinklers, but, um, it, it automates your schedule, but you can also, you know, take control of it anytime. So if you know that you're going to have a party or whatever, and you don't want your, a, your grass being wet or B your sprinklers coming on in the middle of your party, which I also see happen all the time. You just go into the app and you say, Hey, don't run it on Sunday. You know, uh, don't run it because I don't, you know, it's, it's whatever, whatever time you run your sprinkler, you're going to have people there and you don't want to mess with them. So, uh, so that's a, this is a pretty cool thing. So check it out. Uh, R a C H dot I O everyone that's used it raves about it. But um, I would love to test it. I, I don't have I don't have sprinklers. I probably need them. Um, but that's a whole different story. Uh, and we're not going to go there uh, unless somebody knows how to get rid of, you know, a moss covered yard. So uh, sprinklers might actually not be the initial answer for that, because I think I'm 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 well stocked Fire, on moisture. Fireplace ashes. Seriously. Puts the potash back in to rebalance the. Uh... That's brilliant. Yeah. Take your fireplace ashes and spread them in the areas that are covered in moss. It'll, it'll reduce the moss. Dude. Yeah. All now have I have to ask. yet <laughs> another reason to light fires in the fireplace. There you go. Of course it will. Yeah. And even in the winter, I, I'll go out and spread it in that area. Um, on the snow. You know, on the snow. And of course, as it melts down, that yeah. potash is still there and the chemical balance hits there. And it, yeah. Oh my God. Instead of putting potash down, you're putting down fireplace. Well, yeah, you're, you're making it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Instead of throwing it away all sure. winter long. Exactly. That's brilliant. I'm glad I asked. There you go. There you go. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe within, I'm not going to say by next year, I'm going to need sprinklers, but you know, over the course of a couple of years, maybe I'll be able get, to get rid kill of that moss back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh. And his tech says in the chat room, then you have to cut your grass. You know, that's what he has children for. That's Ed. what Lucas is for. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly cool all right uh john you got one for us absolutely so dave you know the problem with normal cameras what? you get a limit you only you only get a picture of what's in front of you maybe you want to know oh. what's happening all around you right? i'm excited about this yeah yeah i know i well, know no, it's no, crazy you, it's crazy no, you could you could 
you know, go in panoramic mode and spin around in circles. But, but then I know, have you, to, I can't pay attention to what I'm doing and I have to spin around carefully and consistently. Yeah, because you may fall over if you, if you spin around too fast. Or let's you say, yourself. let's say I'm riding my bike. I, I don't want to turn my head so that I can take a picture of what's to the left of me. I want to pay attention to the road in front of me. Right. right. So, uh, so you saw this too, but yeah. um, yeah, so this is, um, uh, from VSN Mobile at VSNMobile.com. Um, it's a 360 degree camera. Pretty cool, huh? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that pretty much says it. So it has a, uh, you know, a special fixture. So, so it's a camera, but then they have a special reflector that basically lets you capture what's happening in 360 degrees. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of notable features here. Uh, they, they they say it's mil spec. So, you know, if you need a 360 degree camera on the battlefield, um, you know, that this will do it for you. Uh, uh, apparently it's also uh, water resistant or, or you can sub, you can put it underwater to a certain level. So, hey, if you want to one meter, one meter yeah. for so 30 you, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be, you know, if you want to see what's happening uh, in 360 degrees underwater, go, go for it. And uh, yeah, I think as you suggested, it also has a uh, mount, uh, I think a GoPro compatible mount. So, uh, so yeah, if you, if you want to, you know, uh, get a bike ride or, or whatever, whatever you're, uh, or you know, put it, riding, or put it on get... your, your phantom drone, right. And send it up man. two miles. Yeah. Well, not, maybe not two miles, but you know, send it up a couple thousand feet anyway. Yeah, some serious fun with that. Yeah, yeah. This is this is cool. And you know, you said it's a camera. That is true. It has a camera in it. But uh, based on the conversations I was having with them, this thing's basically got a the 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 guts of a Galaxy. Uh, I think it's an S five in there, right? So I mean, it's got a really powerful CPU inside there to do all this crunching and do all of its work. Um, you don't need it. It you know you it'll record to itself or. It will stream live to your uh, to your device, so you don't need to have a phone with you while you're you know doing whatever craziness that you're doing. You can pull it off, and then yeah, they've got their own software that basically uh, takes this and flattens it out into a big, huge, wide uh, HD, more than HD, obviously, but um, but you know, 1080 height video. And then you can you can go and chop up sections of it. We're we're gonna we're gonna need to check one of these out because this is just too cool. Uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is good. Um, I like it. So they say available in November, and right. uh, the pricing they gave me would be uh, they they hope to get it under five hundred bucks. That's right. Yeah, they said under five hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. Yeah, you got another one for us, John? Do I? Do I? I don't know. I got one. I got all kinds. Our listeners have sent in cool things too. So we can, we can jump to uh, some of those. Um, Paul. uh, No, 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 not Paul. We've talked about that one before. Um, Jeff has a cool stuff found that comes from show five, five This is on episode five twenty. There was some talk about disc partitioning and some utilities to complete these tasks. He says, I have used, uh, GPartEd, which is GNOME Partition Editor at gparted.org, uh, for exactly these tasks. Just wanted to pass on a cool thing I've found. And indeed, it is a, uh, a partition manager for, um, for the Mac uh, for free. And, you know, comes from the open source movement. So 
probably has uh, my, uh, my understanding or my assumption, I could be wrong about this, but is that it comes from years of uh, Linux uh, partition management. And then of course, you know, uh, it's been uh, rolled out for the Mac, but it'll, it'll work on Linux, Mac, Windows. Um, You just boot from, from this thing and it, it'll do all your partition management and off you go. So if you're looking for one and you're willing to get a little geeky, it's, it's still got a, uh, you know, a graphical interface. You just launch this thing and off, off to the races. So thank you very much, Jeff. You got another one, John, or no? Um, haven't tried it yet, but okay. it seems like a interesting offering here. Nimble TV. What's that? Yeah. What is it, man? So, so I saw it at the geeked event here. Um, two things. So one, um, Let's you uh, watch your cable channels while you're on the go for free. I'm like, wow, it's crazy. Why would you do something like that? Yeah, watch.nimbletv.com. Um, and then I asked the big question, which I love asking these people. I'm like, well, you know, what's the point of having a free service? Well, they also offer a virtual DVR service. Oh, nice. Really? Um, and have various oh. plans here. But uh, the, yeah, so there's a freebie where... Uh, you can watch your stuff when you're on the go, or if you want to save it for later, uh, store it in the cloud, and and you you throw them a few bucks for uh, depending on the the channels and the capacity uh, that you want. So, am so. I watching? But I'm not streaming from my house to wherever I am. I'm just streaming from them to wherever I am. Is that right, or am I misunderstanding it? I believe that is the case. Okay. I, I haven't That's tried great. it yet, but it, but it seemed like a, a interesting offering. And then I think, uh, I think what they do is they, they do uh, like uh, kind of like the Apple TV does is that I think they uh, have you sign in with your provider and, you know, prove that you actually, you know, are, you know, like in my case for a lot of channels that are on the Apple TV, I'll log in uh, and they'll say, Oh, well, you know, we got it. We got to verify that you can actually get ABC. So uh, please log in to opt online and uh, authenticate yourself. And here's, yeah. so I think they're doing something similar. Okay. So, uh, yeah, oh, I got to so check this out. In. Yeah. No look out Slingbox, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> especially if you, you know, the, the big thing is if you, I mean, I can see this working great and they have a Roku channel and yep. also, uh, obvi- obviously they've got an app or not obviously, but, but they, you can, you can use it with airplay so you can stream to, to Apple TV as well. But if you're somewhere where oh, I guess if they're limiting it to what you could watch, then uh, you wouldn't necessarily be able to watch it, say a sporting event that's either blacked out or simply not available in your home area. But uh, this gets interesting. Huh? I like it. Oh, very good. Very good. Where were they? I didn't see them at the get geeked event, John. Uh, they're, they're hidden in a corner somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah. And didn't, uh, Huh? Yeah. Nice no, I <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 at first I, I was like, what do you do? <laughs> Cause they didn't have a very you know prominent display. Right. And, uh, nice fine, man. Yeah. I was right there with you. I'm I was there the exact there. same amount of time that, uh, that you were. So I'm, I'm, I'm duly yeah, impressed. So what they say here. Yeah. So it's a hybrid thing. So right now what it does. So, so yeah. So they say, so for free, you can watch uh 10 plus channels, including news, shopping, entertainment, New York Metro area and Chicago can also link their cable accounts. All right. Okay. So it's, uh, so it's rolling out. So right. hopefully they'll, they'll right. you know, uh, uh, increase that functionality. Huh? Very cool. All right. 
I got a couple here. One that I tried to demo on uh, on Tuesday night in Princeton, but it turns out this particular thing does not work if you are plugged in uh, either via AirPlay or uh, to a larger screen. Uh, for whatever reason, this would not mirror. But Kurt um, reminds us uh, about something new. I think it's new in iOS 8. I think it's new, yeah. Yeah, called Guided Access. And what what it's for is I like to call it the you want to see what my iPhone six is like and I don't want you to get creepy mode. OK, so the idea is I want it. You want to hand somebody your phone and maybe it's your kid or maybe you want to put your your uh, iPhone in demo mode um, for, you know, for a, a, a presentation or something. But what you do is you go into uh, and I have this in my presentation, settings, general, settings, general accessibility. Thank yep. you, Pete. Yep. And then uh, about, uh, well, I don't know, maybe three quarters of the way to the bottom. There is a section called guided access. Uh, and first you go in here and you turn it on and then you can go in and set up a passcode, which is a good idea because otherwise anyone can get out of guided access mode <laughs> and you can even have it work with touch ID. Uh, to get out of it. So, uh, so you go and you set up, uh, you turn this on, then you launch an app, say like Safari, right? And you uh, triple tap on the home button and you'll see that the screen will kind of disappear or not disappear. The screen will shrink and it'll say guided access at the top. And the first thing that you do again, you, you turn this on and then triple tap the home button uh, or triple click, I guess is what we call that. Cause tapping is what we do with our fingers for, or touch oh, ID, yeah. you push the button until it makes it, you know, until it clicks. So you triple click the stupid home button. Uh, and then you start drawing on the screen around the areas that you don't want users to be able to touch. And those parts of the UI will now be locked out from access. People will see them, but they're not tappable. So say in Safari, what you do is you, you bring them to the web page that you want them to be able to, or maybe to a new browser window, and then you draw a block around your share settings, your bookmarks and the tab button so that people can't monkey with uh, with those types of things. And then once you're done drawing all that and it saves all that, uh, you can also hit an options button and you can set a time limit for for it. You can turn off touch so that touches don't do anything. You can turn off keyboards. You can turn on or off motion, uh, all that stuff. You can turn on and off the sleep wake button. Once you set all your options, you hit start. And then uh, it's going to ask you for a passcode. And so uh, so I put in a passcode and now that's it. I can scroll around on the web, but those things at the bottom are just non-touchable. Uh, and if I want out, I tap the home button. And uh, if I turned on uh, touch ID, I just float over the uh, the thing after I tap it and it touch IDs me out. Otherwise, I, I type in the passcode that I that I created in, at the first time. So thanks, Kurt, for for telling us about that. Have you used it, Pete? I haven't. No, I just yeah. read about it this morning as I was looking through there. And that, that looks really cool. It's a nice, cool. A nice way to keep people from, like you say, from, you know, seeing what you were doing with that zebra last week in, in your pictures. Or, That's you know. right. <laughs> yeah. Pete, I don't want to know what you were doing. Yeah. You don't have to turn on guided access for me not to want to find that no, information well, out. Know. That's right. But some people, right. they're into that zebra thing. That's right. That's right. Uh, wow. John, can you save us from wherever Pete's bringing us? <laughs> um, sure. So another thing I saw at Pepcom, so this, this caught my eye. Uh, and you may be seeing this somewhere, too. But I, th I thought it was interesting. So, uh, you know, the Redbox and the Coinstar people? 
Yeah. Well, they came out with another device that I thought was kind of compelling. It's a kiosk that'll <laughs> um, that'll give you cash for your, your device. Kind of like, oh, uh, yeah. Some other people do, including our sponsors. But I thought it was just kind of a unique offering. So, And they showed it to me. I mean, it, it seemed actually pretty darn clever. So you, you put your device in there. Uh, it scans it with a camera to verify its condition. Um, then you plug it in and I guess it makes sure that it's not locked and stuff like that. And then it'll say, hey, you know, I'll give you, you know, uh, it also checks your ID to make sure that, uh, you know, because the first thing you would think is, well, hey, this will be great for people that steal, you know, devices. Right. Uh, but, you know, it checks your ID or takes your fingerprint to make sure you are who you say you are. But uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. I'm uh, is this eco ATM? Is that right, John? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like there's so, one not, uh, not too far from me here, actually. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's yeah. uh that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting offering. I'm uh I, I don't know how uh, cost effective. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, this one is a Fox Remote. I I mean heck, I uh, you know. Well, if there's one around, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll, I'll take some of my old devices and see see what they want to give me for. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if you can get a price bef- from the, you know, from the website before you go and, uh, and drive down there and, and, and mess with it. That would be a good thing. Yeah. They, they demoed it to me and yeah, at some point it says, Hey, well, you know, I think it's worth this much. You want, you want to take it or, or leave it and you could say, nah, right, right, right. Huh, very cool. So, um, if you, if you're, uh, if you're Pete, this might be a good one for you. It's a website uh, called noibapp.com, or it's an app called uh, called noibapp.com. None of your business. It's a privacy app for the Mac that tracks the activity from your Mac's webcam and microphone, and uh, and so you know you you it has a little menu bar app that runs, and it monitors with they say almost no CPU usage and it shows activity status. So, you know, uh, and it'll, it'll log this stuff in notification center too, and also to a log file. So, you know, if things are turning on your microphone or your camera and, uh, it doesn't provide options to turn them off. It just tracks, uh, that it's working well and that software isn't, um, isn't spying on you, when you are right. expecting it to. Yeah. So I guess at some point someone figured out how to turn on the, the cams without the green light next to it. I, no, I don't, I think yeah. that, I think the green light has to be on, but the, for the microphone, you have no idea if your right, mic is true. on. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I thought, I just thought that was pretty cool. I, I stumbled across that a little while ago. So, um, good. You know, I, it's the kind of thing that if, uh, if I worked for a big company, I would want to have that on my oh, computer. Yeah. You know, just to know, is the mic on? Why? I mean, I'd probably dig. I'm a geek, right? So I'd probably dig in anyway. But uh, but this is handy to know. So check it out. None of your business app. And that, again, Pete, for for reasons that I won't uh, I won't revisit here. The zebra <laughs> ever, was lying. Ever, ever lying. No, no, no. No, that was a subtle hint for reasons that I won't revisit. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's that one. I have no idea. Your lion eyes. That's what I want. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy could turn a phrase. Glenn Fry could. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Wow. We're at the, uh, the one nineteen mark here, John. Do you have, do you have one or two more? No, I ran out. You're out. Okay. I'm going to, um, oh, you know, I am going to talk about this one thing, but, um, 
Pete, say hi to him for one second because I got I to gotta grab it. Hi to him for one second because I got to grab it. Oh, okay. Well, I can keep going on, too. Dave is uh, moving across the room. He's getting, oh, it looks like a medical device. <laughs> it's okay, strong like a medical go. device. Oh, there you go. No, it's um, it's from a, a company called Stage Ninja. They have these mounts uh, for all kinds of devices. Oh, that looks cool. Like for tablets and phones and all that stuff. I and, know where I'm using mine. And there's a couple things that are great for them. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm intentionally keeping this out of Pete's hands for the moment, but uh, but they've got them with suction mounts, but also with clamps. And these clamps, and now I'm going to give this to you, Those Pete. are woodworking clamps. Right? Yeah. Yes. These things are oh, going to yeah. hold. I've yeah. got one on my drum set to hold my either my iPad. I think I have it over there. Or maybe it's this one that I was moving around. Yeah. But um, to either hold my iPad or my iPhone. And it's an adjustable arm. Fully articulated. Yep. And, uh, you know, totally nice. adjustable. It works with a case on your device. It's not, you know, a, a form molded to just the device size. You can adjust these things yeah. and uh, don't break it. Because oh, see how it fun. works. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's got a weird UI to keep, to make sure that the thing stays compressed in there. But um, but yeah, these are so they're they're called their scorpion mounts from Stage Ninja, and obviously they're built for um for musicians on stage because on stage is where you really want things to be solid and not bouncing around, and you're going to have a lot of vibration and things like that. But there's no reason. That you couldn't also then use the, they're called scorpion clamps, that you couldn't also then use these things uh, pretty much anywhere. There's an idea. On your, take your iPad, mount it on your boat, and yeah. use it as a navigation screen. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I've got this thing. Navigation. I've got this thing on the on the table here that I use as a desk, and I've got the. It's a good two and a half inch thick. Too. It's a, yeah. And table so the, it's clamped right on. It clamped right on, and it's not moving, even no. though the, the clamp is wide open. You know, you'd expect it to not have enough pressure yeah, to hold. It's a super strong, like I said, woodworking strength type clamp. Yeah, in fact, it, to, it, it, I think it bent my plastic <laughs> table. table. Yeah, that's good. That's a good strong clamp. So. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to these things, but you know, I've, I've tested a lot of these things and frankly, most of them are crap. So, um, you know, it was really refreshing to find this from stage ninja and, and, and have it be what it needs to be on stage. I just can't believe that. Uh, I mean, I don't, I haven't tested everyone, but I've tested a lot of them and, and the ones from these other companies just you've, well, you've noticed that this is the first one I've ever mentioned on the show. Um, there you go. So there you go. They're yeah. flimsy and they flop over. And, yeah. Right. I don't want that on stage. You know, I, I got to trust that my, you know, thousand dollar device isn't going to go flying when I, you know, hit the, the symbol hard and it, it, it wobbles a little bit. So, um, so anyway, that's where, uh, that's where that comes from. And John, I, I believe as promised, that's, Sadly, going to be the end of, of our Cool Stuff Found segment for now. There's always more to go, though. Wait a minute. You forgot to mention, if, if I wanted to write to you guys, how would I do that? <sighs> I don't even know anymore. I think it's feedback at MacGeekOut.com. Oh, right. No, 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 no. Man, you always get it wrong. It's feedback at MacGeekOut.com. Feedback at MacGeekOut.com. Say that three times fast. Yeah, you know it's funny. I was at the I was at the Princeton meeting, and somebody, Kurt Williams, who's the president of the PMUG or, or, or was uh, until Ben took over, um, 
said Mac Ecabin. And, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to say. You have to train your your mouth to, to make those things without stumbling over itself. And so he stumbled. And, she sells, she yeah, yeah, it is. It is one of those <laughs> things. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, so that's that's one way to find us. If you are a premium supporter, premium at MacGeekab.com is the way to that you get to email us and that uh, that gets you a little higher on the on the food chain in terms of getting answered you help us out we help you out it's it's one of the things that we can do for you and we are happy to do for those of you that uh, choose to and are able to support us directly but as i as i say all the time and it's true all the time or mostly all the time uh we answer everything that comes in even if we don't talk about it on the show uh, we really do aim to uh, to help all of our listeners as much as we possibly yeah. can so sometimes the answer is no. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Uh, can I make my Mac, you know, run, uh, run iOS and, uh, and take, just take the screen with me and make it portable. No. Uh, but you know, that's how it goes. Where uh, else? 206. The Twitters, Dave. Yeah, go oh. ahead. Go ahead with the Twitters, John. Well, we're on the Twitters. Everybody's on the Twitters. As far as I know. Um, and on Twitter, I am John F. Braun. He is Dave Hamilton. He is Pilot Pete. Uh, the podcast is Mac Geek Ab, and the publication is Mac Observer. 206-666-GEEK is also the phone number. If you, uh, you can send us audio comments via, the, um, via the, the email addresses that we mentioned, but if you want to just leave us one and use your phone, 206-666-GEEK is the number to dial. Pete, do you know what geek is? I think it's 4335. That is correct. Geeks. That is correct. We would like to uh, to thank many people here. Uh, we'd love to thank Michael Johnston. Michael has been with us almost the entire stretch of this show. He was the one that, uh, that came to me in the middle of the night via an instant message and said, uh, I was at my desk, I don't know why, but uh, he said, you know, you guys should have an, an enhanced uh, version of the show. And I said, yeah, but... I don't have time to uh, to do it. And he says, well, I do. And for the most part, he has had time to do it every single week since then. Um, sometimes even more than, than once a week when we were doing multiple shows a week there for a little while. So uh, a, a big warm uh, thanks to Michael for converting this show to AAC for us for so long. And, uh, and I know you folks appreciate that, too. Hopefully Apple maintains that functionality for uh, all of us going forward. Um, Michael also is the publisher of the iOS show podcast and the host and uh, also the publisher of getappler.com. So check those out and, uh, and tell him that you love him. He's Michael Johnston on Twitter as well. The folks at Cashfly, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com, uh, provide all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. So uh, we would love, I love, I, I want to, I will say thank you to the folks at Cashfly. Uh, sponsors, and they help us do what we do so we couldn't do this without them linda lynda.com slash mgg for seven days free barebones.com for bb edit and yo jimbo uh, gazelle.com to sell off all your old stuff they ship a box right to you squarespace.com slash mgg gets you 10% off uh, ifixit.com drobo.com for uh, mgg 50 gets you 50 bucks off that new third generation Drobo. Pete, help me out here. Do you have any lasting it? I know it's been a little while since you've been here. So you've, you've traveled the world, right? Right. Right. Uh, you've had lots of experiences. 
with zebras and without and without you uh know of someone that filmed uh that that awesome flight that you put together i heard about that yes yeah. and uh so it doing all of those things is there one common thread that that sort of permeates all of them that that shares a a fantastic uh, foundation for how one could uh, could live their life. I'm thinking it's not deny it, so it must be in the first place. Don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> 